So welcome to the Soul Cafe podcast, the Soul Cafe, where life is served up freshly brewed. Are you ready for a rude awakening? Come on. Rude awakening, rude awakening, walking like an early morning, rude awakening. Wake me up, rude like the morning light that beams through the blind. for a rude awakening thanks for joining us today so we have special guest today with us a very special guest she is yara allen director of cultural arts for the repairs of the breach theo musicologist and i'm going to ask her about that one and co-director of cultural arts with the poor people's campaign a national call for moral revival at the end of this podcast, I will share with you about how this conversation with Yara is part one of a two-parter. Today's part one is Yara on how music has been and will continue to be a part of this freedom movement. So welcome, Yara. Thank you so much, Reverend Newsom. I am honored to be a part of the Soul Cafe. Yes, all people are welcome at the Soul Cafe, and we're glad you're here with us today. So... Let's start with something fun. Um, what in the world sent you into the street singing? <laughs> I'm sure you're not. Re- it's not referred to that way often, but anyway. <laughs> this is the first time I've ever heard it referred to in that way, but I, ab- <laughs> I absolutely love the way you worded that. And um, if you would allow me, I'd like to answer that in two ways. Um, the first is that, you know, I like to say that I was moved to sing in the streets um, really by the injustices that that I saw around me and, um, you know, throughout the nation. Um, I was moved also, you know, by my love for humanity and um, just a, a, a love for justice and wanting that justice to apply to everybody. Um, I remember reflecting on uh, the Pledge of Allegiance and, and 
the line that says with liberty and justice for all. And, and those words just never left my mind. Um, you know, as I was singing on the streets, even before I got out there, it's like, what does justice for all really look and sound like, you know? Um, but more to your, uh, your wording, I was actually sent in the street, I think by the unfinished business of our, our elders and our ancestors. Huh. Um, those folks who have put time in and who could no longer show up, some who are um, gone on, who have transitioned, transitioned. And then there are others who have, have been apart for so long and they just wore themselves out in in the movement and right. just you know can no longer get out there and so um you know i think about the word sent when you when you just ask that and it's it gives me um i guess a vision of showing up with a cake you know aunt thelma couldn't make it but she sent this cake right. uh, mama can't make it but she sends her love so they're not able to show up themselves, but they have um, representation. Right. So, yeah, it's the unfinished business of, you know, our elders and ancestors. And I like to, to um, think about the song, the songs that we sing as being sort of drenched and wrapped in, in blood, sweat and tears. Mm. Um, the blood, sweat and tears of, of all those folks. And when we sing those songs, you know, we're delivering and finishing that business that, that they started folks like Bernice Regan and Mahalia Jackson and, you know, Bob Dylan, John Lewis, the list just goes on and on. Right. Jimmy Collier and Frederick uh, Douglas Kirkpatrick, who, who sang in Tent City um, in 1968 and gave us the song that that we lift now in the poor people's campaign everybody's got a right to live so yeah those and, and even those folks whose names we may never know you know right. they're we will never know some of those people but their good works sent me out in the streets right okay thank you um you know it's uh i think it's it's important, uh, you know, when you're talking about matters of the soul, uh, it's important to know what motivates somebody, you know, what, what, uh, what sent you out there. And I, I love, mm -hmm. I love the whole, uh, heritage, the, uh, your ancestors, uh, you know, that kind of makes me think of Valerie Kerr, you know, of just the whole drawing, going back and drawing that blood and drawing the mm -hmm. ancestry that, and bringing it to life and, uh, keeping, keeping it alive and that thread that uh, binds us all. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So what in the world, one of your, one of your many titles, uh, Theo musicologist. Mm. What is that? What in the world? <laughs> <laughs> well, this, this is actually a term that was coined by um, author John Michael Spencer. Um, he's written books like The Rhythms of Black Folk, uh, Theological Music, right. Protest and Praise, the list goes on. And he actually has a very in-depth explanation. Um, he explains it, uh, theomusicology actually, as the study of the sacred, secular, and profane. Um, and he does this through cultural anthropology, psychology. It just gets deeper and deeper as you, as you read. Uh, the book, and then it becomes more clear, of course. But in the context of a moral fusion movement, 
um, a theomusicologist is really one whose focus it is to align the music that we lift with the moral message that we promote. And I, I think that's as simple as we can put yeah. it. Um, and this is this entails, you know, studying lyrics, researching, vetting, writing, um, and executing this this music. Um, right. This person also, you know, knows the issues and the culture of the people that they sing with, um, and then finds a balance that brings all people together in a common choir. Okay. So um, now I know what a theomusicologist that is. <laughs> of course, that's the Southern pronunciation, obviously. But anyway, uh, so the... Um, uh, you know, I've, I've, of course, I've, you know, I've uh, been a fan of Yara since I saw her in uh, at a Revolutionary Love conference in New York City uh, yeah. a few years back. I can't even remember how long it's been, maybe five or six now. But uh, the uh, uh, just uh, the energy in that whole conference. But uh, Yara was there and uh, trying to teach us some music and teach us. Uh, about these connections and uh, you know I, I remember uh, just like it was yesterday because I've been singing the song pretty much ever since that day and it's driven my wife over the edge but um, the uh, you know I, I woke up this morning with my mind yeah stayed on freedom yeah, yeah. so yeah, uh, yeah I, I just uh how that music just draws you in uh, to the to the movement, and you, and you and you. I remember you told a story about being in a club or something. You said, you know, I, I think you made it up, probably. But anyway, it uh, you were in a club, and uh, and how music's supposed to draw you in. Can you remember that story? I, you know, we talk about this a lot. And by the way, you have a very nice voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's the microphone, you know. So. <laughs> And, and I want to say that that Revolutionary Love Conference had more energy, I think, than the law allowed. Yeah, <laughs> just, really. It was really. a very beautiful conference. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, so so we talk a lot in the movement about how um, music is, is often the first message that uh, your movement puts out. And I distinctly remember... Uh, being in, in Raleigh, North Carolina at the Moral Mondays. Um, and we made sure that we had sound systems that could carry this music far and wide. And people would just show up because they heard the sound checks mm. or the 30 minutes of music that um, came before the, the actual speaking uh, part of the rally. And so folks would show up and just ask, you know, what is this about? What is this about? Or they hear the message in our music. So if, if, if we were talking about ecological devastation, then the music would, you know, talk about uh, that in its lyrics. Right. And it would draw people. But so I like to tell people to imagine you're, you're walking down the strip, and, you know, and there are a lot of um, uh, uh, venues along the strip. And you see... Maybe you see a jazz club that you you want to go into because you love jazz, mm -hmm. and you go in and you sit down and you order up uh, a plate of barbecue or whatever it is that they're serving, and you you know you get a glass of your favorite whatever it is, mm -hmm. and you're ready to hear some jazz. You're kind of laid back. You're in that mood, right? Because that's 
the music that you heard from the outside. So you're expecting that the live music is going to is going to uh, echo the music that you heard. And out comes, <laughs> out comes an acid rock band. Uh, now, yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with right, that. Right. It's just that your preference is jazz. Right. And you were fully expecting to hear that. I also, <laughs> I also ask people to imagine being on a date. And you've been, for the longest time, you, you've been trying to have some alone time with this person. Mm. And just so you can talk and get to know them better, but you want to set the mood hmm. and you break out a, a, a bottle of the top shelf, um, you know, bubbly, mm -hmm. and you're sitting there and you're having this conversation and you reach over and you hit your music and Jesus keeps me near the cross comes on. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, <laughs> oh Lord. well, again, there's nothing wrong with Jesus keep me near the cross, mm. but it didn't serve the purpose, <laughs> you know, it didn't, it didn't match with right. the message that you were trying, the tone that you were trying to set. Right. So yeah, it's really super important that, that the music is aligned with the message of the movement. Wow. So you, you mentioned the moral Mondays, uh, guys, uh, uh, you know, in North Carolina, for those of you that might be in North Carolina or wherever you're at, uh, listening in, um, uh, geez, I, I remember when the movement uh, was first getting going. My my son, actually, who's a band teacher in a public school in Wake County, uh, he was coming to all the Moral Mondays there in downtown Raleigh early on and uh, was, drawn, was drawn into the movement. And, and, in fact, he's the one that said that I should interview Yara. But anyway, uh, wow. so uh, uh, he uh, – uh, but anyway, we uh, – uh yeah i remember i remember that song uh jeez now i'm trying to think of what the song was uh uh i'm on my way up my mind and oh, made yeah. up uh, yeah sing yeah. sing a sing a line of that one. Oh yeah um that was a song we we absolutely loved doing this and it just um my sister sauda Aisha, uh who's a wonderful singer songwriter herself just it, it hit her um, out while we were doing support for the arrestees and people just started coming around and adding in their harmonies. And mm. and that became one of the songs that, you know, we often lifted. And it goes, my mind is made up. I'm on my way up. I'm going to hold my head up. Walking on in love, my mind is made up. I'm on my way up. I'm gonna hold my head up. Walking on in love. All right. I'm on my way to freedom land. I'm on my way to freedom land. I'm on my way to freedom land. I'm on my way. Oh, yes, I'm on my way. And then it goes back into the chorus, I'm mm. on my way up. All so right. by the end, the crowd is revved and, and it's really giving energy. Yeah. 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 I, I love that, you know, that uh, uh, just how that uh, walk walk on and love. You know, I love that. Wow. Wow. 
And, and this was one of the songs that actually came from which many of our movement songs do um, that was borrowed from the church. Even the song that you did earlier, I woke up this morning. Right. Um, it was in, I believe, June round 61 uh, when Reverend Robert Westby hmm. was in Hines County Jail. Um, he was there with the Freedom Riders. And he took the original song, which was done in the church, woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. Jesus yeah. And while he was in jail, he he rewrote uh, the lyrics, woke up this morning with my mind stayed on freedom. And I believe it was something like 114 uh, students sang that song and just kept lifting that song. And it, it mm. just integrated into the movement. And there you have it. Wow. So... Uh... That, that makes me think of something else, but uh, <clears throat> I, uh, I served as a pastor at First Congregational Church on the Green in Norwalk, Connecticut, uh, a few years back, and it was, uh, it was a very uh, integrated uh, UCC church, uh, and, and just the whole word integrated church is a very unusual term for the Northeast. In fact, it's unusual for anywhere, is it not? But uh, it was a it was a very unique church, and it was uh, integrated uh, with, with white, African American, uh, Asian, uh, Hispanic. It was just uh, a real uh, cool place to serve. Um, mm -hmm. And I remember the first time we we gathered in a circle inside that uh, New England sanctuary, singing "We Shall Overcome," and uh, I, I was just really getting into the song, you know. And uh, I was feeling the moment. And uh, the African American woman that was next to me, who was uh, uh, squeezing this white man's hand uh, uh, very tightly, and uh, and uh, she kind of interrupted the song actually, and she said. Uh, Frank, uh, you can sing with us as long as you're committed to the movement. Okay. Well, I tell you, I, 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 before I opened my mouth again, I had, to th I had to think, am I committed? And I thought, okay, I am committed, and I let it build out again. But, uh, uh, you know, just that whole connection there, though, that was just, I've always thought about that, about how, uh, you know, that uh, We Shall Overcome is, is, is one of those songs, obviously, that just really connects us to that ancestry and connects us to so much of the movement. Uh, right, right. And, and that that that's a very powerful story because actually the first word of that song, we, yeah, um, that right there gives us a chance to do some... Um, self-examination and to ask ourselves, you mm -hmm. know, um, are we going to overcome or am I going to be satisfied with overcoming and hope that the rest of us get, get there. Um, so that she asked you that question about being committed or, or, you know, um, put that challenge to you to be committed to the, to the cause is very powerful and that you accepted it is, yeah. is just as powerful. I, I never, ever, ever sing that song uh since then uh without thinking about that hand squeezing mine and uh and just uh and, and the message that she gave me uh and it's a message mm -hmm. that uh and so i i have shared that story a multitude of times uh, uh as an intro to singing that song i just uh uh 
So uh, uh, one, I think I've just gotten probably maybe one more question. Uh, sometimes I just randomly add questions, but, um, uh, and that's that, uh, you know, often in a movement uh, like, like you're in, uh, people think about the person that's up front, the person that's speaking. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously you've got uh, Reverend William Barber, and, in, and of course in Reverend Barber's case, he gives us reason uh, with his prophetic voice to listen, to listen in. Uh, mm-hmm. But with that said, um, do you feel like you're just as important to the movement? I mean, you're on this team, Repairers of the Breach, and, of course, the Poor People's Campaign, uh, More Revival, and you're on these teams, but do you feel like you're just as big a part of the team as the as that person up front that's speaking? Mm, now. Reverend Newsom. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So let me let me say that um I have been a part of organizations and and groups in the past where um uh there was somewhat of a struggle, you know, to um have the music play the part that it's supposed to play. Mm. Um and where leadership did not uh, value music as uh, they should have. Mm-hmm. But I'm very, very happy to announce that yes, indeed, <laughs> I feel <laughs> I 100, I 150% feel um, the importance of of music in this movement. Uh, I'm very clear on the role of uh, Reverend Barber and Reverend Theo Harris and right. all the other teammates. And the beauty of this is that in our in our uh, powwows, that our meetings that we have, we make it a point of acknowledging the importance of everybody on the team. Mm. And this comes from Reverend Barber and Reverend Liz. And we're constantly um, receiving affirmations of our importance. And we've always put music first. And when I say first, it doesn't mean above the speaking. It means that when we open our mass meetings, music is is at the forefront of those meetings for 30 minutes. We 30 minutes, sometimes 15 minutes. And throughout, we never use music as decoration, as just something, as fillers. Mm. We talk about uh, how we use this music and how important it is. So, yes. And then Reverend Barber loves music. Right. And he's, he's you know, he, he's quite the musician. Mm. Um, and I think that's one of his hidden talents that we're trying to pull out of him. He's a horn player. Right. And maybe sometimes we can get him to do that. But, yeah. Ah, I, okay. Yeah. yeah. I I absolutely feel like uh, music is is taken seriously and it's honored and mm -hmm, yeah. Yeah. Well that, uh, I mean, of course I've served uh, in the church for 40 years and uh, the, um, I started out as, you know, associate pastor and, uh, you know, and my wife was a minister of music in the church for a long time. And, uh, uh, you know, so we, we are well aware of how sometimes that, uh, that, uh, senior person, you know, they can, uh, 
take over the show, so to speak, or, or they can uh, and not value your importance uh, as being a part of the team. And I think it's, uh, uh, you know, I, I'll never forget the day that uh, a minister might have told uh, somebody in my family that, uh, uh, you know, uh, music's not as important as the spoken word, you know. And uh, oh, wow. so, so uh, you know, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you 10 minutes and I'm going to need, you know, 50 minutes. And <laughs> so it's uh, but that's uh, hopefully those days are behind us. Uh, you know, what I mean, that we're we're beginning more and more to see these movements that this movement that you're a part of is just it so requires teamwork. You know, I mean, it's uh, you're trying to get people to join the team and you right. know, and join the movement, and uh, uh, so yeah, it's uh, thanks for for taking the risk to share that there. Uh, that, that's good stuff. <laughs> and if if you don't mind, I would like to also add that that there's music going on um, a lot of the times that people don't see. So behind the scenes, we're using music to ground the team, mm-hmm. or, you know, to center us, to energize us, right. um, to encourage us. And, and so this, this shows, I, I think the whole team is very appreciative of music and we have people on the team that if I'm not there to start a song or uh, my co-director in the uh, poor people's campaign, uh, Dr. Sharon Rebar, if she's not there, you know, right. we have people who are quite capable of, of uh, ushering us into that place that we need to be with music and in the black church. Um, and, and I'm sure it's not exclusive to the black church, but have you heard pastors sing when they're preaching their cadence, uh-huh. uh, Dr. King's cadence, Reverend Barber mm-hmm. uh, has, has a melodious cadence mm-hmm. when he preaches. And so, yeah, how, how, how could anyone discard music when, when, you know, they're quite the musicians themselves. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, so kind of as we, uh, leave this interview, uh, uh, can, and I'm, I'm really risking it here because, uh, I, and I'll let you lead, believe me. Um, the, uh, just kind of wrapping this p- portion up with a little bit of, uh, you know, just one round of, uh, we shall overcome possibly, uh, Oh, sure. Just to, uh, uh, to, uh, and I I just want to say before we do this that uh, I I just really deeply appreciate you taking the time, Yara, to be with me today and uh, and to be a part of this two-parter, January episode two-part of the Soul Cafe podcast. First part is today. Uh, We're doing this, uh, talking about music as a part of the movement and music as a part of the the thread that ties it all together sometimes and uh, and we're also uh then the, the part two is going to be where um i talk about those tough words of uh martin luther king from the birmingham jail when he uh and, and part of that letter which was which was a long long letter from the birmingham jail and as king said he had way too much time on his hands um and it uh, where he addresses the white church and uh, and white the white leadership and of course well that's me uh, and so I'm going to be reading from that letter uh, uh, from Martin Luther King and just talking some about that uh, and and you've given me some good stuff to work with uh, today and I, I appreciate you being with me and uh, uh, just thanks a lot. 
Reverend Newsom, this has been quite a joy. I am, again, honored to have been invited to the Soul Cafe, and uh, thank you so much for, for what you're doing. I appreciate you so much. And I'd like to say to your listeners, if you would, please um, log on to the poorpeoplescampaign.org or mm-hmm. repairsofthebreach.org. Mm-hmm. We have an event, uh, we have a, a gathering in June next year, uh, June 18th. And to learn more about that gathering of of uh, poor people and low-wage workers uh, in Washington, D.C., you can log on and find out more. And we'll make sure all that's in the notes of this episode, too, so uh, people will see it there, too. Okay, so so we're going to wrap up the time with uh, Yara. uh, She's going to lead us in We Shall Overcome, and and I might join her if, if, you know, sometimes I have to find the right (laughs) note, but it might take a while, but anyway. Feel free. That's a, as, okay. as we say, jump in and hang on. <laughs> Take we care. shall overcome. We shall overcome. We shall overcome. Someday. Someday. Oh, oh deep in my heart, I do believe we shall overcome some. Day. Thanks so much, Yara. Take care. Thank you, Reverend Newsom. Wow. 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 So as you uh as you heard uh there, um uh, we uh will be doing part two uh coming up soon uh of the episode today, uh part two uh where uh, I'll be sharing from the letter, Martin Luther King's letter from the Birmingham jail, or specifically the part where Martin Luther King shares his disappointment with the white church and its leadership. And yes, we still need to continue to wake up, do we not? We still need some rude awakenings. So thanks for joining me today and join me soon. And may your soul be stirred in the movement of revolutionary love. Be still and get outside for the sake of your heart. See you later. For the sake of my heart, I am going To wander the mountains where I was born For the sake of finding my way again I must be in this place alone Where there's healing in the sun when she rises And forgiveness when she settles back down in the hills There's strength in the love of living And in knowing how to be still Have you They change from blue.
watching the painter's perfection. Oh, what a sight to behold! Can I show you a place in the quiet where you can hear the wind humming through the trees, the rustle of wheat that is dying? In the gravel beneath your feet. The Soul Cafe, where life is served up freshly brewed.